Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I am a feminist, but I often find myself promoting this podcast by saying, it's about feminism, but don't worry, it's funny. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I got married, I secretly hoped I'd be so thin that people would say I'd gone too far. <laughs> not, not like so far there'd be an intervention, but like gossip that I should have a sandwich or something. No one said that. No one was the least bit worried then or since. Uh, I'm a feminist, but when my best friend, who was pregnant, told me that she was expecting a boy, my first thought was, oh, great, another one. That doesn't seem anti-feminist. It do seems stereotypically think, feminist. If you think about it, it's not feminist. I haven't got time to think about it. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but this week, I paid $210 for an emergency trip to a Melbourne dermatologist because I worried I had overused retinol in an attempt to look younger and then sat next to an outdoor heater and burnt my skin and permanently damaged it. The doctor said I had got a bit pink, but I had nothing to worry about and that I had wasted my $210. I'm a feminist, 
but I recently downloaded a podcast which described the equal pay gap, its history and what we can and should do about it. And I listen to it every night because it helps me fall asleep. <laughs> I've never reached the end. Oh. I'm a feminist, but this week, when at a $210 emergency dermatology appointment, I told the doctor I had lines under my eyes, which I worried made me look old. She said, you're fine, my lines are worse than yours. And I said, no, your skin is perfect. And she said, it isn't, your skin is beautiful. Look at my lines in the mirror. And we both stood in front of the mirror, hanging on the back of her door, going, my lines are worse than yours. I can't even see your lines for about five minutes. Again, she was a doctor who'd been to medical school. Live from Melbourne Town Hall, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminists, Sophie Hagen, and me, Deborah Francis-White, and tonight's special guest, Hannah Gatsby, talking about femininity. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Femininity... Femininity. We had challenges for this one. Yes. What was your challenge, Deborah? Um, my challenge was to go out, to sort of dress up in a very feminine way and to dress up in a very masculine way and go to the same restaurant for two different sittings, sit in exactly the same spot and to sort of really just play with those extremes of gender. So dress in a certain way and see how I felt and sit in a certain way and see how I felt. So firstly, I dressed in sort of just very masculine clothes. Like I had a jacket, a shirt, jeans, which I never wear. I never wear jeans. I cannot pull them off or on. And uh, I, flat shoes, no makeup, and my hair pulled back. And I went and I sat there. It was, you know, the European restaurant on Spring Street. And I sat outside and everyone was walking past. And I sat opposite these two men and I was mimicking their body language. So they were doing lots of man spreading and like one foot up on the other leg. And they were sort of like really open and taking up loads of space. So I thought, I'm going to do that. And I ordered my food and I sat there. And it was a very odd experience because I felt like completely... Uh, how, it, it's, it's an odd thing because probably no one else would have seen this, but I, I felt completely unattractive. Like I just hadn't, didn't have any of my normal signifiers on. And at first I thought, oh, those guys are going to look over at me and they're not going to see someone who is attractive. And then a really odd thing happened. I thought, it's not my full-time job to be attractive for those men. This is not my job. And I just felt like I'd put a really heavy bag down and thought, you know what, I'm going to take a night off from trying to feel attractive, from trying to see validation from other people that I should be attractive. And I just went, I'm going to sit here and not be attractive. And what are they going to do about it? <laughs> nothing. There's nothing they can do. And it felt so relaxing. And I thought, do you know what? This is so good. I'm going to go out once a week like this. Just no makeup with my hair pulled back. Not like, you know, well presented. Like I'll wash. <laughs> I'm not going to let myself go. But just like in very gender neutral clothes, as much as gender neutral can be. I mean, gender neutral clothes is just male, isn't it? It's not neutral. It's male. Neutral in our society is always male. But I'm just going to not make any cultural signifiers of femininity. And I'm just going to sit there going, I'm not here to to be pretty for you. I'm not here to be sexy for you. I'm not looking for any signs in your eyes that you find me arousing. And that's okay. 
And I'm seriously, I'm going to do it every week because I didn't know that I felt like that. If you'd asked me, I would have said, no, I'm not going around trying to be attractive for men or trying to get make people think I'm pretty. But as soon as I stopped, I realized I was. I realized my whole life I've been just doing things and, and it felt like a weight had been lifted off me. And then I dressed up in the pretty dress and a couple of people I spoke to about this challenge said to me, oh, but you always dress feminine. Like you're always feminine. Like it, that's not a challenge for you. And I found myself feeling very emotional when people said that. In fact, at one point I cried. And I, I think because I don't think that's true. I dress stylishly, but I'm very structured. It's like a lot of black and a lot of structured clothes, a lot of jackets. And I realized, like, I, I grew up on the Gold Coast. I know I don't sound especially Australian, but I read a lot of Ian Blyton as a child and I picked up the accent <laughs> from the books. Um, and so I was, I, I grew up on the Gold Coast and I'm just tall. I, once I was working in a jewelry shop when I was at Jehovah's Witness. And, and another story, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness anymore, don't worry, I'm not gonna lock the doors and get out of cart. Um, and I'm an atheist, it's all right, fine, relax. And, uh, and I, this chap who was working in the jewelry shop said, oh, would someone try this bracelet on? Because uh, I want to size it. And I said, oh yeah, I will. And he went, and he looked at me and he went, not you, you've got wrists like a man. You're enormous. I wasn't fat. It was that I am physically too large, like to be on the Gold Coast. I had to leave. They asked me to go. Council zoning implied that I, I wasn't a woman there. I clinically didn't pass as a woman there because they want you to be very petite. So I have mega issues with femininity, I think. And all of these cultural signifiers that I put on, all of the things like the... Me I, th I feel like I have to do all of those things. I've realised this this week. It's been a traumatic challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. I make so much effort to be shiny and to be smooth and to be bronzed because I think otherwise I'm not going to pass for a woman. And so I'm just going to take that on board. Like, I love clothes and things, and I don't want to not love clothes. And, you know, it's makeup's fun. All of those things are fun. I love the fact that I get to do makeup. You know, like, guys wake up in the morning, like, you know, you, sir, and you just think, well, this is as good as I'm going to look all day. <laughs> I get to do something about it. So, so basically, I, I don't want to stop those things, but I want to do them more mindfully. I think that's, that's wow. Yeah, I had a bit of a breakthrough yeah. here in Melbourne. Thank you, Melbourne. Please welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis White. Very recently, I took my nephew, my five-year-old nephew, to the Science Museum in London. And at the Science Museum, they have an IMAX screen and they have movies on for kids so they can learn about science. And I realized that while I was there, I learned not just about science, but I learned about the science of femininity and masculinity. Because we took him to see a movie, a 3D movie, called Fly Me to the Moon. And it was about three animated flies who stowed away on the original Apollo mission to the moon, you know, with Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. And these three little flies, they were called Nat, IQ, Nat was the leader, IQ was the smart one, and then there was Skeeter, I think, who was the fat one. And I watched this movie with my five-year-old nephew, and we both learned a lot about femininity and masculinity, because all of the three flies that stowed away were male. They did not invite any girls on the journey because no girls were interested in space. And when the mothers found out that their little boys had stowed away and gone to space, they were alarmed, as you can only imagine. And so do you know what the lead mother did? She fainted. 
She went, oh! And then as soon as she came to and she remembered her son was in space, do you know what happened? She fainted again. But luckily there was a wise old grandfather there and every time she or one of the other women would faint, he'd go, women, women. And this happened on a loop. Oh, uh, oh, my son's, my son's gone to space. Women, oh, women. <laughs> On a loop, on a loop. And eventually the mother came around and he explained to her, the wise old grandfather, he said, when I was a boy fly, I would love to have gone to space, but in those days we only dreamed about rocket ships. Boys need adventure. You shouldn't worry about him. And the mother took this on board and managed to rally and not faint for a good five fucking minutes. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever seen a mother faint. I think when people become mothers, they stop all the fainting. If any, I mean, I've certainly seen a woman lift a car off her fucking baby. I've seen that. I've seen women go into all sorts of extraordinary modes when their children are in trouble. But if a woman who has a child, when her child is in any way in danger, runs toward the danger with a pickaxe. She never, ever faints. Thank you very much. I think I feel a tiny bit the same way that this challenge was, I didn't think it would be hard. I thought it would be funny to Google masculinity and then try and live like a day as a man. And I found some really interesting, like top intelligent articles uh, written by Man, yeah. <clears throat> so masculine traits. To be a man, a masculine man. Mm. You have to be non-emotional. Do you cry when people say things that hurt your feelings? I think it has to be said in this way. <laughs> have you ever reported an online message board post to a moderator because it was mean? <laughs> when your boss is being an ass, do you become a sad little panda? A sad little panda? A sad little panda. Wow. The saddest animals <laughs> of them all. And there was uh, aggressive. What are you afraid of approaching women? Or do you take what is yours or complain that there is a lack of opportunity? Can you survive a street fight? Good. You know, Good like point. real men. <laughs> and there's tough skinned. Does a rhinoceros know when a fly is on its back? What does this mean? What is this? I feel so bad for like, for men for having to be this. Yeah, that's a tough rap for men, isn't it, really? When life gets tough, do you push through or do you quit? Are you afraid of drinking a green juice? What? What? <laughs> or do you instead look for your milk and cookies? Oh, that explains green juice, because otherwise you're cry. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Or even worse, are you so defeated and demoralized by life that you become a drunk? Was this Alcoholism is a disease. What the fuck are they on about? Anyway, was, so was this written by Tom Cruise's character in Magnolia? <laughs> it sounds a lot like a Right, was. it does, yeah. doesn't it? It's an actual website. And then this one was, uh, I mean, just beautiful. Sexually aggressive. That's a masculine trait. Mm. Sexually aggressive. The first line is, is poetry. Any loser can be horny. That what? is true, though. Any loser can be horny. <laughs> I will give him that. Jesus. When you see a woman, do you decide that you're going to be a man and make your move? So basically, <laughs> when I'm reading about what masculinity was, which is like independence, uh, courage, doing whatever you want, I realize I've been doing this challenge for 27 years. Oh. I've been masculine my whole life. There was none, none of... I mean, I'm not I am sexually aggressive, but in a, in a, in a cutesy way. <laughs> She, in a non-threatening non way. Yeah, sure. She loves consent. 
hashtag Sophie loves consent. <laughs> no, but I, and then I thought, oh well, I'll just turn it around. I'll just be feminine. I asked my mom. I, I wrote my mom and I said, hey, what's fe-? because I've talked about my mom in the podcast before. She's very. She only dresses in men's clothing. She doesn't wear a bra. She never puts on makeup. She never does her hair. She never like she wears like trainers. She's uh, like all the you know the masculine traits. So I asked her, what is femininity to you? And she said. I think it's a really great thing and I think everyone should be feminine and I think everyone uh, should be, be doing this. We should all work towards it. And I said, do you think I mean feminism? She said, yes. <laughs> My mom didn't know that femininity was a word. She didn't know it was a thing. So I tried to do all the feminine things, which is like to always sit with your legs together. I tried to do like the female voice just to sound a bit softer. And uh, then I tried to just sound stupid a lot. Like I tried to like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing really. I'm just here to, oh, I don't know. I just dropped my handkerchief somewhere. Oh, do, do, do. <laughs> and after I, about like seven minutes, I felt like shit. I felt so bad. And I felt like there was a part of me going, yes, this is how you're meant to act. This is how you should act if you want to be a woman, if you want to be feminine, if you want to be, this is what I need to be. And I felt so bad that I had to not do it. Because I just, it was like, oh, oh no. This is the contrast of what I actually am and that is apparently wrong. Yeah, I've had that before with doing challenges for this podcast that I think I'm setting my, my therapy back six years and I think I've just got to stop because yeah. it's just for the sake of my mental health. Yeah. This is a podcast. This is not, <laughs> you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Sophie Hagen. <laughs> Hello. 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 I, we're in Melbourne, and I've never been here before, so I've been doing a lot of touristy things, which is uh, I've rewatched all of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> which is an amazing show, by the way. It's an amazing show, apart from all the, you know, the sexism uh, and homophobia and transphobia. I grew up with that show, which means when I was like six, I would watch it all the time. And when I was six, I didn't know I was a girl. So I identified with Will Smith. So I've learned everything I know from Will Smith, which means that today when I flirt with anyone, I flirt like Will Smith. <laughs> and I realized that literally two weeks ago when I was, uh, I just watched like three episodes because it was a sunny day. <laughs> and I was in the club thing and I don't usually go to clubs. I don't like that. And we'd gone like dancing, which is weird because I don't usually move. And, <laughs> And there was a man, a hot, hot guy, who walked past me. That's what you call them, hot guy. Uh, in Australia, you just call them guy. Everyone's fucking hot. <laughs> and as he walked past me, I kind of just like followed in his footsteps and went, uh, hubba, hubba. <laughs> no one should do that. I don't even think Will Smith does that in real life. I've said the most horrendous things to men that it's just not okay. Yesterday, I semi-flirted with one of my friends, uh, and I did that by just like leaning in, and, and I said, you smell lovely. He said, enough. <laughs> like, fair point, it is enough. It's just like a very masculine way of doing it. I remember trying, someone had told me to try and flirt femininity. <laughs> That's the word we're now using. So I saw a, a hot, hot guy, and uh, I thought, oh, I'll seem helpless. <laughs> He'll like that if I just seem helpless. So I wanted to like bump into him, like the, the ditzy klutz that I am. And I kind of, I tried it once and then he didn't react. And I was like, oh, I haven't, he hadn't noticed that I bumped into him. 
I was very drunk, by the way. <laughs> so I did it again. And what I meant to do was I meant to like just like my ankle should just like just like just touch his ankle, so I could be like, oh no, I am so terribly sorry. Uh, I should be carried anywhere. <laughs> help, help me. Uh, but I was very drunk, uh, so my aim wasn't that good. What I'm trying to say is that I, I kicked him. <laughs> I, ki I walked straight up to a man and kicked him. <laughs> and then still tried to do the, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just I'm a silly girl. <laughs> uh, I, did, I tried to do the most feminine thing I could think of, which was to dance, which was horrendous for people watching. And my body went into full panic. It was like, this is not normal, you're moving a lot, so it started sweating. Because my body thought, like, you can't, like, if you're moving, there's an emergency going on, and you need to throw everything you have. So all the sweat, all the sweat came out. All of the sweat I have in my entire body <laughs> came out at once, and I was sweating so much. I kept dancing, kept sweating. Eventually, my body went, well, then we have to, we have to pee now, because this is, we need to relieve all the liquids. <laughs> And then uh, I went to the bathroom and I sat down on the toilet seat, uh, but I had sweated so much that when I sat down on the toilet seat, I slid off. <laughs> thus making me <laughs> a failure. No, uh, so that's why I, uh, I try and uh, not ever move, ever. That's why I stay in and watch Fresh Prince. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> okay, should we I bring our special guest? Oh, I love her so much. You love her so much, and I'm just staying on her living room floor. So Ladies jealous. and gentlemen, Miss <laughs> Hannah Gatsby! G'day, how you doing? I will say that I, I've given you a bed. You have, yeah, you it's have not a floor. Like it's got furniture between you and the floor. Oh, so sorry. I didn't yeah. mean it like that. I meant it like it sounds funny if I'm camping out. It's a very nice bed at Hannah Gadsby's house. I can recommend it. I wasn't. I didn't say it was nice, but it's a definitely a piece of furniture. You're no, no, not on the floor. No, no. I don't want anyone to think I'm lying on the floor and that she's making me do that. It's a bed on a. It's a. It's basically I'm. I'm staying in her living room. It's a fold, it's fold out delightful. couch. It's a gorgeous. It's a lovely fold out couch in the living room. It's wonderful. 
and I'm very much appreciating it. And also, do you know what? She cooks for me all the time. She brings me in breakfast treats. It's delightful. I'm so jealous now. I, I, I am too. <laughs> so, uh, Hannah, we're talking about femininity today. Okay. How do you feel about femininity and masculinity and its presentation in society and, and how it relates to you? Um, a lot of questions. There's, there's, a, lot there's of questions. a lot in there. A lot in there. Um, I think what, what's interesting for me, what you were talking uh, about there, pretty much was uh, for me the hyper masculinity and hyper femininity. When because of these lists or these expectations that you're not woman enough, these are almost caricatures of like when you close your eyes and think, oh, that's masculinity. Because there's no real clear definition. People just go, oh, it's, it's these things, and you just, oh. because. In our minds, we have a very uh, because we have a binary. We have you know definite ideas apparently of what's masculine and what's feminine, where in actual fact we don't, and they've moved. The goalposts have been shifted throughout centuries. I mean, King Henry VIII, uh, no, it's a different king actually. King Louis the Fourteenth, different country, French guy. <laughs> um, you know, he he in, you know he pretty much centred the French court around the impossibility to move, uh, and that included men and women. So he wore uh, you know red high heels, and uh, so that meant that if you dropped something, you couldn't pick it up. Uh, and men and women, and that's pretty much continued after the French Revolution for, for women, but not men. <laughs> men would faint in those days because they mm. wore those really restricting clothes and they weren't allowed to move and they were pasty and et cetera, et cetera. As soon as they did too much, they would faint. The idea was they were the class where they didn't have to move, and that's pretty much what continued after the French Revolution as a way of controlling women. It's um, so interesting. Yeah. It's about weakness, isn't it? Like feminine, it feels like a weakness thing. Like the high heels, you can't run away... That's more, like, if you think about it, it's more to do with, say, as they say, uh, the winners write history. Mm. And that's mm. pretty much what's going on. So where they say uh, masculinity is strength, femininity is weakness, you could say if the losers wrote the history, femininity would be um, flexibility and ability to adjust. Whereas uh, masculinity would be, you know, a, what, what would you call unbending. And so that, that would... Uh, you know, the, the oak and the, the wild reeds, the oak would fall down. So I, I always think that when you look at these binaries, ma you know, masculine's positive, feminine's negative, you can always find what the positive ideas behind that is. It's just because it's been set up because the winners are men. Mm. Do you remember the first time you, like, you learned that something was feminine and something was masculine? Like, I remember at school, I remember suddenly all the girls started telling me that I should wear certain things. All of a sudden, they were like, why aren't you wearing makeup? Why aren't you wearing a bra? And I asked my mom, and she was like, what's a bra? What's makeup? Because she she'd never learned that either. And that was around, I must have been 12, 13, I think, when I started learning that. Well, my, my, I guess mine was much earlier um, because I was uh, I was brought up a boy pretty much. Like, I, was, I was youngest of five kids and I think mum lost interest. So it was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wore hand-me-downs and I had three brothers. So, you know, it's like, cool. And then my closest sibling was a brother and um, we just got about as twins. So we were, it wasn't until it was, you know, I went to school and I had to wear a dress and I felt profoundly uncomfortable. But what the, the difficult thing is, is that it's confusing because... I get, I'm not someone who says I am, I'm a man, I want to be known as a man and I want those pronouns, but when I get told to fuck off out of the women's bathroom, I'm not upset about being mistaken for a, a man, I'm upset that I don't have a place to belong. That's the difference. What you experienced was you were upset because you were told that you weren't enough of what you already presented as. Uh, and that's, I guess, for me, is the really interesting thing is that so many grey areas in something that's always presented to us in such 
binary. I always get so pained when I see these babies with pink ribbons around their head. Like the desperation that informs that decision, like the fear, you know, it's the fear of like, no, I'm a man, I'm attracted to men, kill him, you know, or it's just a joke, ha ha. But that is, that fear is very real. And that's, that's, that's the problem. And that's the problem that, you know, we feel uncomfortable with the diverse ways we express just being a woman uh, is being conflated with femininity. Hmm. That, yes, that our, there's sex and there's gender and then there's that, as you say, hyper-masculinity or hyper-femininity. And I think, yeah, I feel like for me the Gold Coast was a place where there there were clearly... Subtlety t- is not... It's, <laughs> no, it's not evident I mean, anywhere I mean, they, they, in they the shopping centres things. Like, where are we? It's on the coast. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, the, the sand's gold. Like, and then that's what we'll call it. Like, they're just, you know, they're not up there, so they're not up there for, for subtlety or the... the you know, um, there's some hills. Fuck them. Um, you know. It's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty tribal, male and female. And it was very clear that the boys surfed and the girls would sit on the beach and mind the weddies. Now girls do surf and things are much better. But I don't remember any girls surfing. Probably some did, but I don't remember that being a thing the way it is now. And I do remember there was a lot of pressure to be petite, to be small. And listen, maybe that was just my view because I wasn't petite. Well, no, but certainly not the case now. Heaps of girls surf. Heaps. I mean, oh, yeah. equal numbers get bitten by a shark, male, female. So it's um, equal opportunities there for yeah. us girls. Um, yeah. uh, so it is like thankfully moved on. I remember like this is this is a. a it's a very interesting story to think of around these because I've always told this story around sexuality. I was in Tasmania and I was, it was late at night. I was quite drunk. I was quite young. It was before it was l- legal to be gay. Well, when did the law change to make it? 96. Lordy McLummocks. That's yeah, late yeah. in the day, isn't it? It's real, yeah, sunset. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is what's, upset, you know, what's upsetting about the discussion around gay marriage now. It's the amplification of very, very negative voices. And that's what we're getting. You know, mm. sure, we get a lot of things, but when you're a kid, questioning yourself and going, oh, fuck, I don't want to be different. Like, that's what you do when you're just like, oh, I don't, oh, that's going to be hard, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, uh, so all you hear is like, you're wrong. Mm. You're a freak. You know, you're against, you, this is a choice. You know, all these sorts of things. That's what you hear. And that's what young kids are hearing now. It's like, you're not actually part of the good bits of society that build up, you know, that's what marriage, you know, and that's what kids are hearing. And that's that's what I remember when I'm back back in the day is just like, you know, I'm going, oh, I think I, I, think I like women. And uh, they're like, well, you, you'll, you know, don't be upset if someone punches you. I remember I was sort of, I was flirting with a, a woman that I worked with at a supermarket. And she was floating back like it was, a, you know, that was frisson. Uh, but it was Tasmania, so it was like, oh, sure. And, um, <laughs> and so, and then out of nowhere, I just, I got hit on the side of the head and then grabbed around the throat. Uh, this guy's going, hands off, don't cut another man's grass or some shit like that. You know, I was a bit like, and she's grabbing him, going, nah, it's a, it's a girl, it's Hannah, it's a girl. And he goes, oh, oh fuck, sorry, love. <laughs> sorry, oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I'd never hit a woman. Um, but also then, you know, he's just like, he looks at me and it sort of clicks over that, yeah, I am a woman, but I'm not right. And then he finished it off. So oh, I don't know why he found that funny, but um, like I got beaten up. But um, maybe it was tension. Um, <laughs> when it comes down to it, no one really has any idea what masculine and feminine, what the, uh, we don't even really know the extremes. Yet the responses tend to be incredibly 
Definitely. Polarised. Yeah. Are there ever expectations, do you think, on lesbians to be masculine when they don't want to be? When I'm like, oh, just because I'm a lesbian doesn't mean I'm masculine. Well, I don't know. I mean, not from within the gay community. Certainly not. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, from um, society in general. No, there's, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, um, every girlfriend I've had has been told by guys, you don't have to be a lesbian, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because they pass as straight women. Um, it's like, you know, she's got a cuddle a lady, but you, you'd do all right. <laughs> you'd pass. You don't have to lower yourself. Like, there's this assumption that it's not... A, actually, feminine lesbians have a, a difficult time in that sense because they daily have to come out. I, I only had to come out once and it was a surprise to nobody. <laughs> um, uh, feminine women, they say, it's like, you've made the wrong decision. You don't... You know, and that... It's, uh, I don't experience that at all. If there's a difficulty for for the more masculine ladies, it's the trap of hyper-masculinity. Butch women that I've known have behaved inappropriately toward other women because they are copying, mimicking a straight man, uh, cisgendered, you know, masculine behaviour of, like, it's okay to hound a woman, you know, because that's the behaviour you see. Uh, if you're not born of it, then you're taught how to... You're not taught in the, the subtleties of that. So you just have to pick it up from movies? No, no, other people go out in the world. No, but, yeah. you know, it's... Um, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't, there's no cinema where I grew up. We, <laughs> uh, we, we learn it from kindergarten, don't we? Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, But you watch, you have to watch and observe, I mean, by, by watching yeah, from, learn it from yeah. movies. You're not, your dad doesn't take you aside and show you how to be a man. Oh, your well, he never took to my brothers you. aside either, because dad's not real sure either. Like, I mean, he's very <laughs> sure, but he's a very, you know, what did, I mean, the thing is, I grew up in a, with an incredibly strong mother. She's a matriarch. And, you know, and dad's a very gentle, softly spoken man. So even then, you know, I'm fucked, you know, <laughs> uh, although I'm not, I'm blessed because I've got a strong female uh, role model and an incredibly gentle, masculine, you know, uh, father, uh, masculine father, uh, role model. You know, so, so you know, the behaviours that I saw were challenging, not in the extreme gender roles, but definitely challenging people's ideas. Sophie? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just being all amazed. <laughs> We have time for like one or two questions, depending on how shot they are. Uh, does uh, anyone have a question? I'd like to ask Hannah, do you think it is better now than when you were young? Do you think it's better for young people now, or is it worse because we live in a, a time of social media and uh, more connectedness? If you, you know. So the question from the audience was, is it better now? than it was when Hannah was young or is it worse because we're in an age of social media where there's lots of imagery going around selfies and that kind of thing? I'm of the belief that each generation has its own challenges. Um, certainly the isolation that I felt in regional Tasmania meant that I thought I was the only person who felt this and therefore I was the freak that everyone suggested I was. I think now young people have a much easier time finding a tribe, you know, finding connections online. But that opens up a whole world of of, of hurt and, you know, vulnerability that I didn't have to go through. So, yeah, I think I think the challenges, are, there are still challenges. There is still violence. There is, and it's not even, the that violence is the extreme option of it. It's the subtle bits, you know, the fact that you have to make a decision every day about how you will present. That still happens now and it did then. The challenges that come with Social media, et cetera, et cetera, are different, but I guess I wouldn't say it's easier. It's just a sort of different sort of hard, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be young again. Uh, oh, I can't wait to be old. 
the like see just I feel so I don't care like I'm really enjoying actually it doesn't matter anymore to me like I'm dead inside you know like <laughs> it's actually comfort <laughs> see I feel I feel the opposite I feel I would nail being 21 now with what I know I could kick ass at 21 now but the trouble is when you're 21 you don't know all those things because I would just go at it now like if anyone's listening and they're 21 just like go for it because nobody knows what they're doing but everything we all know it should be easier now like, I remember grabbing my, my young cousin he was he was like 9 or something and he was telling me how he was like his dad is a is a police officer and they were very right wing he was talking about how he was couldn't wait to go to war like a real man and both me and my sister like just took him to the side and just started going you can be whatever you want you don't have to be this like trying to explain everything about like gender politics and feminism in like five minutes before the, the his parents shouldn't have taken back. that long <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other questions yes um, clearly there's obviously big socio-political issues that would have to be changed for us to achieve better equality. But if there was something about like femininity, or as you said, the performance of being feminine that you wish could like be gone from the world, whether it's the application of makeup or wearing high heels or something, is there something kind of shallow like that that you would like to see dispensed with? So the question is, is there any performance of gender or femininity that we'd like to see gone, like makeup or, or heels? Hannah, anything you'd like to see gone? Oh no, I don't I don't think anything should be gone. I honestly honestly think that what needs to go is the pressure someone feels to do anything. That's what needs to go. Like, I don't give a shit what people do. And that's the attitude I think that we should all strive to. Don't give a fuck. Um, you know, so that, and that, that, that's what I'd like to see go. Pressure. Yeah, it's the mm. pressure. Like, you know. Yeah I, guess, yeah, I guess we could keep, we could even keep the, I don't know about the words, but we, like the traits could, we could still call it feminine and masculine, but it shouldn't be about women or men, I guess. You know, like it shouldn't yeah, be, yeah, a, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, like men could be feminine and that wouldn't be a problem at all and the other way around. The only thing I'd like to see gone is Spanx. Uh, I really oh, have a problem with them. I um, have such a problem. Oh, I really do not believe in them. Let's make that a topic. I really Deborah. do not believe in them. I, sometimes you go into a shop and you'll try on some kind of slinky dress and it's just not very flattering. And the lady would always say the same thing. You could wear Spanx. And I, well, yeah, I could be in an Elizabethan court wearing a corset and fainting every four minutes as well. But that's, it's, and, no, and you I couldn't actually. actually. <laughs> well, okay, yes, so technically. Um, piss but, on your little history parade there, but. but Quite honestly, I've, I say to shop assistants all the time, is I really feel it's not a feminist act to wear Spanx because they restrict your breathing. They're nylon. They can't be good for you down there. And there's just something about them that just makes me feel... Get crotchless ones. Get crotchless ones. Crotchless Spanx. I don't know that they but do crotchless just, Spanx. Well, I, I think really crotchless is for sexy times and Spanx really kills any erection. <laughs> they're just, oh, they're they're just also just they're anti-stomach and stomach is like one of the things that most beauty industry people try and make people insecure about because it's the hardest place on your body to lose weight so that's where they mm. all get you it's not you can never i had hips you know that's, that's <laughs> it's one of the like you can never get thin enough there if you look at the billboards and stuff like that's that's the place where there'll always be fat there because it's your stomach so that's where they all get you which is why Spanx are evil. But that's it's, for another too episode. high. Up, they come up too high, and they and the, and the, also the fat rolls have got to go somewhere. So they end up put a bulging. Has anyone else had this? It ends up bulging out at the bottom or the top. And then instead of just having like you know a sort of roundish shape in a slinky dress, now you're like completely svelte and tight with just an enormous roll at the top, and then just bulging bits on the thigh. It's very bulging it's, bits of fat. Yeah. So my my fuck you to the patriarchy would be let's burn Spanx. 
tanks. In the 60s and 70s, they burnt bras. No one actually burnt no, bras. No, no one actually. Oh, shush. Yes, they did. If they didn't, no, it was as if they did. <laughs> it was a metaphor, so we think they did. And it's as true as it should be. It's, mm. Do you know what I mean? Things are true if they're... Hannah, Gosh, Hannah. problematic language. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's as if they did. Well, She's we, on the floor. Anna, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I don't want to plug my show. Um, I don't, no. Do you have anything I'd like, up? Yeah, I'd like to uh, plug a couple of other shows here. Mm. Uh, Rose, I can't, I don't know her name. New Zealander. Rose has yeah, a Yeah, yeah, so go see her show. Um, who else? Uh, May Martin, go see May Martin's show. Uh, brilliant show. I mean, you're welcome to come to mine. Like, I'm not saying don't come, but I just thought I'd uh, plug another couple. Demi Lardner, also doing an incredible show. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's... And... and um, Nah, don't worry about it. Is there anywhere where people listening in not Melbourne can find you on the internet? I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Good. Deborah, do you have anything? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am currently on tour in the UK. She's um, not, though, is she? This is Elizabethan court (laughs) shit again. (laughs) I live in a fantasy fantasy land. Clearly, I live in a When you say Gold Coast. What did you? Uh, uh, no, no, I dreamt all of that. My show, Deborah Francis White Rolls the Dice, based on my Radio 4 show, is going to be touring the UK. And if you're in Australia, I'm so sorry, I'm not doing it for you. Um, listen, if anyone here in the audience feels just they really want to see it, come round to Hannah's place and I'll just do it for you in the living room <laughs> from my very comfortable bed. <laughs> Sophie, have you got anything to plug? I don't know when this is going out, but... Uh If oh yeah, you can cut mine out. They're not. It's not relevant, is it? All my plugs. <laughs> please like me. Oh yes, yes. Tell them about please like me. Yeah, I, oh. a show called Please Like Me. Um, oh yeah, great. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, I think it's not in the UK. It's such. It's not broadcast over there. But if you can find it, yeah, definitely try buy it, it on iTunes. Yeah, it's really buy, good. Yeah, it's a really brilliant show. It's, it's a great. Very it's, funny. A, it's a great look at, I guess, gay culture now. Like young. Young, young gay culture, but there's so much uh, written into it about mental illness, uh, intergenerational uh, relationships, which is so refreshing. Often we're just like, they're either old or stupid or young and dumb. Um, so all of that is there. Everyone's fucked. Um, so it's a, it's a wonderful show. So yeah, look up, look yeah. up for, jo- I've, from I've only, I, I really wanted to see it in the UK and I couldn't manage to get it, but I think now maybe you can buy it on iTunes. I don't know, um, yeah. But People I've smart. been watching it on Hannah's floor and it's been... It's couch. On Hannah's incredibly... <laughs> So comfortable sofa couch. It is it's really not that comfortable. comfortable, but it's not the floor. It is. It's not. You know what? I, you know what I mean. That's sort of absolute. Anyway, okay. It's been amazing. So, uh, and so if you want to see me, <laughs> sorry, Sophie Hagen, where That's are you okay, performing? Sorry, uh, I'll be doing Edinburgh. Oh yeah, the comedy festival there. So find me there with my show, which is gonna be finished. Uh, and uh, also find our podcast on guiltyfeminist.com. You can listen to previous and future episodes once they're up. Do you reckon people who are listening at Nate? <laughs> It's true. It's sort of implied they found it. Good find. Mm-hmm. But you can also find us on this is so Just forgetful people listening. <laughs> Do it again. If you're if, if you're listening from an Elizabethan court. Okay. No, you're all right. Okay. I'm gonna oh. If you want to hear about our live date, if you want to find tickets and information on our live future date, you can go to guiltyfeminist.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Guilty Feminist Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at The Guilty Feminist. Or you can find us on Twitter at Guilt Fem Part.
Also, you can go to iTunes and give us a five star rating. And Doesn't have to be five stars. You can pl- rate it no, how you want it, to rate no. it. Five, sh- five star <laughs> on Sophie iTunes. Bully you into five stars. Five star. If you don't like it, just give us five star and then just write in the comments shit. Doesn't matter. Don't, no one reads don't that. Don't write that. Don't. No. It's fine. If you five don't like it, why and are you reviewing it? And we <laughs> like to give our, all of our guests a piece of suffragette jewelry because we think this is the epitome of guilty and feminist in one. Now, the suffragettes used to wear their colours, so like purple, green, and white, so they could identify each other. And it's you never know. You know, I basically buy the guests Edwardian jewellery and we hope a suffragette wore it. We can't prove they did. But for Hannah, what we've got is something that we absolutely know a suffragette did wear because it is an original Edwardian Votes for Women badge that's from actually from America. And you can see it is Edwardian because it's not got a proper pin on the back. It's just sort of sticks into your skin. Uh, so you, <laughs> m- you might want to alter that or in some way other way find a way to make sure it doesn't fall off. Uh, oh. But that was worn by a suffragette. It's from America. Mm. I think they still need it. Over there (laughs) Uh, for women Um, thank you that's uh, that's brilliant I love that thank Thank you you so much for coming give it up for Hannah Gatsby you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen me Deborah Francis White and our special guest Hannah Gatsby the producer was Tom Talinsky for the Spontaneity Shop the sound engineer was Jackson Akers thanks to Susan Proven Rebecca Austin and everyone at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival as well as all of you for listening for more information about this and other episodes visit guiltyfeminist.com Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, is this not on the... This, we're not talking about femininity anymore, are we? No, no sorry, I'm plug your show or whatever. <laughs> Deborah took us off the... Um, <laughs> we can plug femininity. Um, no, I just thought you, we're still talking about no, that one's body. Um, that's a Spanx time. What do you want to plug? I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that's some kind of Spanx thing. I don't know. Not like butt plugs. Uh, like, like, do you want to plug your show? Oh, oh no, I don't want to plug my show. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com